Hello and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. If you enjoy the podcast and wish to support this show, you can help support it by clicking on the support link in the description of any episode. I have also created a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for All Things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show. King Edward, fourth of that name. Once more we sit in England's royal throne, repurchased with the blood of enemies. Hail the House of York. Take that! Brother Richard, will you stand by us? My liege, it is the Earl of Richmond. He is the House of Lancaster. I am the Queen! Where's Richard gone? To make a bloody supper in the tower. that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Grim-visaged war hath smoothed his wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasing of a lute. <sighs> but I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, made to court an amorous looking glass. I that am rudely stamped and want love's majesty. <coughs> I that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, Sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that's so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them. Why, I, in 
this week and piping time of peace have no delight to pass away the time. Unless to spy my shadow in the sun and descant on my own deformity. And therefore, since I cannot prove a lover to entertain these fair, well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots have I laid. Induction's dangerous. To set the king, my brother, and Clarence in deadly hate the one against the other. And if King Edward be as true and just as I am, subtle, false, and treacherous, then this day should Clarence closely be mewed up about a prophecy which says that G of Edward's heirs, the murderer shall be. Die thoughts down to my soul. Here Clarence comes. Brother, what means this armed guard that waits upon your grace? His Majesty, tendering my person's safety, hath appointed this conduct to convey me to the tower. Upon what court? Because my name is George. Alack, my lord, that fault is none of yours. Each of this commit your godfathers. He hearkens after prophecies and dreams and says a wizard told him that by G his issue disinherited should be. And for my name of George begins with G, it follows in his thoughts that I am he. This it is, when men are ruled by women, it is not the king that sends you to the tower. Elizabeth, his wife, tis she that tempers him to this extremity. We are not safe, Clarence. We are not safe. I beseech your graces both to pardon me. His Majesty has straightly given in charge that no man shall have private conference of what degree soever with his brother. We speak no treason, man. We say the king is wise and virtuous and his noble queen well struck in years fair and not jealous how say you sir can you deny all this i do beseech your grace to pardon me and withal forbear your conference with the noble duke we know thy charge brackenbury and will obey brother farewell i will unto the king meantime this deep disgrace touches me deeper than you can imagine i know it please if Neither of us were. Well, your imprisonment will not be long. Meantime, be patient. I must perforce. Farewell. Go tread the path that thou shalt ne'er return. Simple, plain Clarence. I do love thee so that shortly I will send thy soul to heaven. Good time of day to you, Lord Chamberlain. What news? The king is sickly, weak and melancholy, and his physicians fear him mightily. He broke the feast and has retired to bed. An evil diet long and over much consumed his royal person. 
Where is he? In his bed? He is. Go you before and I will follow you. Uh, he cannot live, I hope. I must not die till George be packed with post-horse up to heaven. I'll end to urge his hatred more, and if I fail not in my deep intent, dear George hath not another day to live. Resolved, mates. Are you now tomorrow to dispatch this thing? We are, my lord. And we come to have the warrant that we may be admitted where he is. I thought of all I have it here about me. But, sirs, be sudden in the execution. Do not hear him plead. My brother is well spoken and perhaps may move your hearts to pity if you mark him. Tut, tut, my lord, we will not stand to prate. Talkers are no good doers, be assured we go to use our hands and not our tongues. Your eyes drop millstones when fools' eyes drop tears. I like you, lads. About your business straight, go, go dispatch. that made those fatal holes. Cursed be the heart that had the heart to do it. More direful appetite, that hated wretch, than I can wish to adders, spiders, toads. If ever he have wife, let it be made more miserable by the death of him than I by my husband and father-in-law, King Henry.
magician conjures up this fiend. Uh, Avant! Thou dreadful minister of hell! Sweet saint, for charity, be not so cursed. Oh, villain, thou knowst no law of God, nor man, no beast so fierce would know some touch of pity. But I know none, and therefore am no beast. Oh, wonderful when devils tell the truth. More wonderful when angels are so angry. Fairer than tongue can name thee. Let me have some patient leisure to excuse myself. I shall not grant excuses to the thing that killed my husband, my father, and my king. Oh, dead. Dead they are, and devilish slave by thee. I did not kill your husband. Why then is he alive? Nay, he is dead, and by King Edward's hand. Thou liest! Queen Margaret saw thy murderous dagger smoking in his blood. Didst thou not kill the king? I grant ye yea. Just grant me, hedgehog. He was gentle, mild, and virtuous. Better for the king of heaven that hath him. He is in heaven. Thou shalt never come. He was fitter for that place than earth. And now unfit for any place but hell. Yes, one place else, if you will hear me name it. Some dungeon. Your bedchamber. Is not the cause of these timeless deaths as blameful as the execution? Oh, thou was the cause and most accursed effect. Your beauty was the cause of that effect. Your beauty that did haunt me in my sleep to undertake the death of all the world so I might live one hour in your sweet bosom. Oh, if I thought that, I tell thee, homicide. These nails should rend that beauty from my cheeks. These eyes could not endure sweet beauty's rack. You should not blemish it if I stood by. It is a quarrel most unnatural to be revenged on him that loveth thee. It is a quarrel just and reasonable to be revenged on him that killed my husband. He that bereft thee of thy husband, lady, did it to help thee to a better husband. Better does not breathe upon the earth. He lives that loves thee better than he could. Where is he? Here. Why didst thou spit on me? Would it were mortal poison for thy sake. Never came poison from so sweet a place. Never hung poison on a fouler toad. Out of thy sight! Oh, thou dost infect my eyes. Thine eyes, sweet lady, have infected mine. If thy revengeful heart cannot forgive, teach not thy mouth such scorn, for it was made for kissing, lady, not for such contempt. Lo, here. I lend thee this sharp-pointed blade. If thou choose to hide in this true breast, and let the soul forth that adoreth thee, I lay it naked unto the deadly stroke. Nay, do not pause. 
For I did kill King Henry. Nay, now, dispatch. Twas I that stabbed your husband. Dissembler, though I wish thy death, I will not be thy executioner. Then bid me kill myself, and I will do it. Well, well, put up your blade. Let's say my peace is made. That shall you know hereafter. But shall I live in hope? All men, I hope, live so. Vouchsafe to wear this ring. To take is not to give. Look how my ring encompasseth thy finger. Even so thy breast encloseth my poor heart. And if thy poor devoted servant may but beg one favour at thy gracious hand, thou dost confirm his happiness for ever. That it may please you presently repair to Westminster. I will with all expedient duty see you there. I beseech you, come. Bid me farewell. <laughs> Much it joys me to see you up become so penitent. Was ever a woman in this humor world? Was ever a woman in this humor one? I'll have her, but I'll not keep her long. I, that killed her husband and her father, to take her in her extremest hate, curses in her mouth, tears in her eyes. And yet to win her, all the world to nothing? Ha! And will she yet debase her eyes to look on me, on me, that halts and am misshapen thus? I do mistake my person all this while. For my life, she finds, although I cannot myself, to be a marvelous proper man. Appeared charges for a looking glass and entertained a score or two of tailors to study fashions to adorn my body. <laughs> Since I have crept in favor with myself, I will maintain it at some little cost. Shine out, fair son, till I have bought a glass, that I may see my shadow as I pass.
Have patience, sister. There's no doubt his majesty will soon recover his accustomed health. If he were dead, what would betide on me, brother? No other harm but loss of such a lord. The loss of such a lord includes all harms. The heavens have blessed you with a goodly son, mother, to be your comforter when he is gone. Ah, he is young, and his minority is put under the trust of Richard Gloucester, a man that loves not me nor none of you. Is it concluded that he shall be protector? So it must be, if the king miscarry. Here come the lords of Buckingham Stanley. Good time of day to your royal grace. What likelihood of his amendment, lords? Madam Goodhope, his grace speaks cheerfully. Did you confer with him? Aye, madam. He desires to make atonement between the Duke of Gloucester and your brother and son, and between them and my Lord Hastings. He is sent to bring them to his royal presence. Would all were well. But that will never be. I will not accept it. Who are they that do complain unto the king that I, forsooth, am stern and love them not? his grace but lightly that fill his ears with such dissentious rumours because I cannot flatter or look fair smile in men's faces smooth deceive and cog I must be held a rancorous enemy to who in all this presence speaks your grace to thee that hast not honesty nor grace Lord Grey when have I injured thee when done thee wrong or thee Lord Rivers or thee Elizabeth or any of your faction a plague upon you all. His royal grace cannot rest scarce a breathing while, but you must trouble him with lewd complaints. Come, come. We know your meaning, Brother Gloucester. You envy my advancement and my friends. God grant we never may have need of you. Meantime, God grants that we have need of you. Our brother George, imprisoned by your means, myself disgraced, and the nobility held in contempt. I never did incense his majesty against the Duke of Clarence, but have been an earnest advocate to plead for him. You do me shameful injury, falsely to draw me in such vile suspects. By heaven, I will acquaint his majesty of those gross taunts which oft I have endured. Tell him, and spare not. Look, what I have said I will avouch it in Edward's presence. Ere you were queen, I owe your husband king. I was the pack horse in his great affairs. To royalize his blood, I spilt mine own. Would to God my heart were flint like Edward's. I'm too childish foolish for this world. Hear me, you wrangling pirates that fall out in sharing that which you have pilled from me. Which of you trembles not that looks on me? Oh, gentle villain, do not turn away. Foul, wrinkled witch. What makes thou in my sight? A husband and a son thou owest to me. And thou a kingdom, all of you allegiance. This sorrow I have by right is yours. And all the pleasures you usurp are mine. Give way, dull clouds, to my quick curses. Edward, thy son, that now is Prince of Wales, for Edward, my son, that was Prince of Wales, die in his youth by untimely violence.
Long die thy happy days before thy death. Cease thy curses, thou wretched withered hag. And leave thee out, for thou shalt hear me. If heaven have any grievous plague in store, oh, let them keep it till thy sins be ripe, and then hurl down their indignation on thee, the troubler of the poor world's peace. No sleep close up that deadly eye of thine, and lest whilst some tormenting dream affrights thee with a hell of ugly devils, thou elvish mark, abortive, rooting hog, the slave of nature and the son of hell. Margaret! Have you breathed your curse against yourself? Poor painted queen! Vain flourish of my fortune! Why stoost thou sugar on that bottle spider whose deadly web ensnareth thee about? Fool! Fool! Thou wetst a knife to kill thyself! The day will come when thou shalt wish for me to help thee curse that poisonous bunchback toad. Dispute not with her, she is lunatic. Witness, my son, now in the shade of death, whose bright outshining beams thy cloudy wrath hath in eternal darkness folded up. Peace. Peace. For shame, if not for charity. Take heed of yonder dog. Look when he fawns, he bites, and when he bites, his venom tooth will rankle to the death. Have not to do with him. Beware of him. What doth she say, my lord of Buckingham? Nothing that I respect, my gracious lord. Dost thou scorn me for my gentle counsel and soothe the devil that I warn thee from? Oh, but remember this another day when he shall split thy very heart with sorrow and say, poor Margaret was a prophetess. Live, each of you, subjects to his hate, and he to yours, and all of you to God's. doth stand on end to hear her curses. And so doth mine. I muse why she's at liberty. She hath had too much wrong. And I do repent my part thereof that I have done to her. I never did her any, to my knowledge. Yet you have all the vantage of her wrong. Madam, his majesty doth call for you, and for you, my grace, and you, my gracious lords. I come. Lords, will you go with me? 
We wait upon your grace. The secret mischiefs that I set abroach I lay under the grievous charge of others. And Clarence, whom I indeed have laid in darkness, I do beweep to many simple girls, namely to Stanley, Hastings, Buckingham, and tell them tis the queen and her allies that stir the king against the duke, my brother. be revenged on rivers and on grey. But then I sigh, and with a piece of scripture tell them that God bids us do good for evil. And thus I clothe my naked villainy with old odd ends stolen forth of holy writ and seem a saint when most I play the devil. Why looks your grace so heavily today? Oh, past miserable night. So full of Fearful dreams of ugly sights that as I am a Christian faithful man. I would not spend another such a night that would buy a world of happy days. What was your dream, my lord? I passed, methought, a melancholy flood with that sour ferryman poet's right of unto the kingdom of perpetual night. First, I let it greet my stranger soul, shudder like an angel, his bright hair dabbled in blood. And he shrieked out aloud, Clarence, he's come. And stabbed me in the woods by Tewkesbury. Seize on him, furies. Take him to your torment. With that, methought a legion of foul fiends environed me, and howled in my ears such hideous cries with the very noise I trembling waked for a season after could not believe that I was in hell. No marvel, my lord, though it affrighted you. I am afraid. Methinks to hear you tell it. Keeper, keeper, I have done these things. But now give evidence against my soul for Edward's sake. And see how he requites me. Keeper, prithee sit by me a while. My soul is heavy, and I fain would sleep. I will, my lord. God give your grace good rest. What wouldst thou, fellows? And how camest thou hither? We would speak to Prince George. 
and I came hither on my legs. What? So brief? Tis better, sir, than to be tedious. See ya, Commission. We talk no more. God's name, who sent you hither? Wherefore come you? To murder me? Wherein, my friends, have I offended you? Offended us? You have not. But the king. I am his brother, and I love him well. If you be hired for money, back again. And I will send you to my brother Gloucester, and he will reward you better for my life than Edward will for tidings of my death. You are deceived. Your brother Gloucester hates you. May peace with God for you must die, my lord. My friend, I spy some pity in my looks. Enough! Oh! If all this will not do, I'll drown you in the bucket. Why, so now have I done a good day's work. You peers continue this united league. Rivers and Hastings. And dissemble not your hatred, swear your love. By heaven my soul is purged from grudging hate. And with my hand, I seal my true heart's love. So thrive I as I truly swear the like. Madam yourself is not exempt from this. Nor you, stepson Grey. Buckingham, nor you. You have been factious one against the other. And what you do, do it unfeignedly. So thrive I in mine. This interchange of love shall be inviolable. And in good time, here comes the Duke of Gloucester. Good morrow to my sovereign king and queen and princely peers. Uh, Happy time of day. Happy indeed, as we have spent the day making peace of enmity, fair love of hate, between these swelling wrong-insensed peers. A blessed labour, my most sovereign lord. If I unwittingly, or in my rage, have aught committed that is hardly borne by any in this presence, I desire to reconcile me to his friendly peace. 
There is no Englishman alive with whom my soul is any jot at odds. I would to God all strifes were well compounded. My sovereign lord, I do beseech your highness to bring our brother Clarence to your grace. Why, madam, have I offered love for this? To be so flouted in this royal presence? Who knows not that the gentle duke is dead? You do him injury to scorn his corpse. Who knows not he is dead? Who knows he is? Oh, heaven, what a world is this? But is Clarence dead? The order was reversed. But he, poor man, by your first order died. And that a winged Mercury did bear. Some tardy cripple bore the countermand and came to lag to see him buried. Who sued to me for him? Who in my wrath kneeled at my feet and bade me be advised? Who spoke of brotherhood? Who spoke of love? All of this from my remembrance, brutish wrath sinfully plucked, and not a man of you had so much grace to put it in my mind, nor I ungracious spake unto myself for him, poor soul. Oh, God. I fear thy justice will take hold on me. And you, and mine, and yours, for this. Elizabeth, help me to my closet. Oh, poor George. and torment myself. What means this scene of rude impatience? My lord, thy son, their father, our king, is dead. If you will live, lament, if die be brief, that our swift-winged souls may catch the kings and like obedient subjects follow him to his new kingdom of ne'er-changing night. Ah. 
So much interest have I in thy sorrow, as I had title in thy noble husband. I have bewept a worthy husband's death, and lived with looking on his images. But now two mirrors of his princely semblance are cracked in pieces by malignant death. And I, for comfort, have but one false glass, which grieves me when I see my shame in him. Thou art a widow, yet thou art a mother. Thou hast the comfort of thy children left. But death has snatched my husband from my side and plucked two crutches from my feeble hands, Clarence and Edward. Pour all your tears. I'm your sorrow's nurse, and I will pamper it with lamentations. Madam, I think you like a careful mother of the young prince, your son. Send straight for him. Let him be crowned. In him your comfort lives. Sister. Sister, have comfort. All of us have cause to wail the dimming of our shining star. But none can help our harms by wailing them. Madam, my mother, I do cry you mercy. I did not see your grace. I crave your blessing. God bless thee, and put meekness in thy breast. Love, charity, obedience, and true duty. Amen. You here that bear this heavy load of moan, now cheer each other in each other's love. Meseemeth good that with some little train forthwith from Ludlow the young prince be fetched hither to London to be crowned our king. Why with some little train, my lord of Buckingham? Marry, my lord, lest by a multitude the new healed wound of malice should break out, which would be so much the more dangerous by how much the estate is green and yet ungoverned. Then be it so, and go we to determine who they shall be that shall straight to Ludlow. Madam, and you, my sister, will you go to give your censures in this business? With all my heart. Cousin of Buckingham, my lord, whoever journeys to the prince, for God's sake, let not us two stay at home. For by the way, our sought occasion to part the queen's proud kindred from the prince. My other self, my counsel's consistory, my oracle, my prophet, my dear cousin, as a child. I will follow your direction. Toward Ludlow, then, for we'll not leave behind.
Prince Edward, Your Majesty. At Northampton, they do rest tonight. Tomorrow or next day, they will be here. I long with all my heart to see Prince Edward. I hope he is much grown since last I saw him. Ah, but I hear no. They say his royal brother has almost overtaken him in his growth. Aye, mother, but I would not have it so. Why, my good cousin, it is good to grow. Crandam, one night as we did sit at supper, my uncle Rivers talked how he did grow more than my brother. Aye, quoth my uncle Richard. Small herbs have grace, great weeds do grow apace. Good faith, good faith. The saying did not hold in him that did object the same to thee. He was the wretchedest thing when he was young. So long a growing and so leisurely. But if his rule were true, he should be gracious. Darless boy, go to. You are too shrewd. What news? Such news, madam, as grieves me to report. How doth the prince? Oh, well, madam, and in health. Then what is thy news? Lord Rivers and Lord Grey are sent to Pomfret. Prisoners. Who hath committed them? The mighty dukes, Gloucester and Buckingham. For what events? Some of all I can, I have disclosed. Accursed and unquiet, wrangling days. How many of you have mine eyes beheld? Farewell, daughter. Come, come, my boy. We will to sanctuary, madam. Farewell. Stay. I will go with you. to London. Welcome, dear cousin, my thoughts, Sovereign. A weary way hath made you melancholy. No, Uncle. I want more uncles here to welcome me. Where are my uncles, Rivers and Grey? Those uncles which you want were dangerous. Your Grace attended to their sugared words, but looked not on the poison of their hearts. God keep you from them, and from such false friends. My lord, the mayor of London comes to greet you. God bless your grace with health and happy days. I thank you, good my lord, and thank you all. My lord. My good lord Stanley. The queen, your mother, and your brother York have taken sanctuary. The tender prince would fain have come with me to meet your grace, but by his mother was perforce withheld. Fie, what an indirect and peevish course is this of hers. Your holiness, 
Will your grace persuade the queen to send the Duke of York unto his princely brother presently? If she refuse, Lord Hastings, go with him, and from her jealous arms pluck him perforce. God in heaven forbid we should infringe the holy privilege of blessed sanctuary. You are too ceremonious and traditional. <laughs> you break not sanctuary in seizing him. The benefit thereof is always granted to those whose dealings have deserved the place and those who have the wit to claim the place. Oft have I heard of sanctuary men, but sanctuary children, never till now. <laughs> My lord, you shall rule my mind for once. Come on, Lord Hastings. Say, Uncle Gloucester, when our brother comes, where shall we sojourn till our coronation? If I may counsel you, some day or two, your highness shall repose you at the tower. Then, after, where you please, that shall be thought most fit for your best health and recreation. I do not like the tower of any place. Did Julius Caesar build that place, my lord? He did, my lord, begin that place, which since succeeding ages have re-edified. So wise, so young, they say, do never live long. And in good time, here comes the Duke of York. Ah. <laughs> Richard of York, how fares our loving brother? Well, my dread lord, so must I call you now. How fares my cousin, noble lord of York? I thank you, gentle uncle. Oh, my lord, you said that idle weeds are fast in growth. I did, my lord, but meant no harm. <laughs> I pray you, uncle, give me this dagger. What? Would you have my weapon, little lord? I would. That I might thank you as you call me. How? Little. <laughs> <laughs> my brother York will still be cross and talk. Uncle, your grace knows how to bear with him. You mean to bear me, not to bear with me. <laughs> Uncle, my brother mocks both you and me. Because that I am little like a nape, he thinks you should bear me on your shoulders. What a sharp, provided wit he reasons. So cunning and so young is wonderful. My lord, will please you pass along, myself and my good cousin Buckingham, will to your mother, to entreat of her to meet you at the tower and welcome you. What? Will you go to the tower, my lord? My lord protector needs will have it so. I shall not sleep in quiet at the tower. Why? What should you fear? My Uncle Clarence, angry ghost. My grandam told me he was murdered there. 
I fear no uncle's dead. Nor none that live, I hope. And if they live, I hope I need not fear. Go I unto the tower. Come, brother. stand affected to our purpose for the installment of this noble duke in the seat royal of this famous isle. Tell him, Catesby, that his ancient knot of dangerous adversaries tomorrow shall be let blood at Pomfret Castle. What shall we do? If we perceive Lord Hastings shall not yield to our complots. Chop off his head, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look you when I am king. Claim thou of me the earldom of Hereford, and all the movables thereof, of which the king my brother was possessed. Uh. <laughs> I'll claim that promise at your grace's hand. What news in this uh, tottering state? Tis a reeling world indeed, my lord. <laughs> and I believe we'll never stand upright till Richard wear the garland of the realm. How? Wear the garland? Just, I mean, the crown? I'm not good <laughs> I'll have this crown of mine cut from my shoulders before I see the crown so foul misplaced. But canst thou guess that he doth aim at it? Aye, upon my life. And thereupon he sends you this good news. That tomorrow night, Rivers and Grey, the kindred of the Queen, must die at Pomfret. Indeed, I'm no mourner for that news. <laughs> Today shalt have a whole two subjects die for truth, for duty, and for loyalty! God spare the princes from the back of you! And not you are of damned bloodsuckers! This batch, the limit of your lives is out. Oh no, Margaret's curse has fallen upon our heads! Make haste. The hour of death is expiate. Come, Fred, come, Fred. We give our guiltless blood to chase!
Now, noble peers, the cause why we are met is to determine of the coronation of young Edward. Are all things ready for the royalty? They are, and once but nomination. Tomorrow, then, I judge a happy day. Who knows the Lord Protector's mind herein? Who is most inward with the noble duke? Your Grace, we think, should soonest know his mind. <laughs> we know each other's faces. For our hearts, he knows no more of mine than I of yours. Lord Hastings, you and he are near in love. I thank his grace. I know he loves me well, but for his purpose in the coronation, I have not sounded him. But you, my noble lords, may name the time, and in the duke's behalf, I'll give my voice. In happy time, here comes the duke himself. My noble lords and cousins all, good morrow. I have been long a sleeper, but I trust my absence doth neglect no great design which by my presence might have been concluded. Had not you come upon your cue, my lord, William Lord Hastings had pronounced your part. I mean your voice for crowning of the king. Ah. And Lord Hastings, no man might be so bold. His lordship knows me well and loves me well. My lord of Innie, last time I was in Holborn, I saw... Good strawberries in your garden there. I do beseech you send for some of them. Marry, I will, my lord, with all my heart. Cousin of Buckingham, a word with you. We have not yet set down this day of triumph. Tomorrow, in my judgment, is too sudden. Where is my lord, Duke of Gloucester? I've sent for these strawberries. His grace looks cheerfully and smooth today. I think there's never a man in Christendom can lesser hide his love and hate than he. For by his face, straight shall you know his heart. What of his heart perceive you in his face by any livelihood he showed today? Marry, that with no man here he is offended. For were he, he had shown it in his looks. I pray God he be not, I say. I pray you will. Tell me how they should be treated to conspire my death through devilish plots of damned witchcraft that have prevailed upon my body with their hellish charms. Tender lover, I bear your grace, leads me to say they have deserved death. Then let your eyes be the witness to their evil. See how I am bewitched. Behold, mine arm is like a blasted sapling withered up. And this is Edward's wife, that monstrous witch, that by her witchcraft thus hath marked me. If by this deed she have my noble lord. If. Thou protector of this damned strumpet. Talkest thou to me of ifs? Thou art a traitor. Off with his head! Now, boys, it fall, I shall not die until I see the same! It's me, look, that it be done. All the rest that love me rise and follow me. 
manner and the purpose of his treasons, my lords, you might signify unto the citizens, who haply may misconstrue us in him and wail his death. I'll acquaint our duteous citizens with all your just proceedings in this cause. I dance attendance here. I think the Duke will not be spoke with him. Now, Catesby, what says your lord to my request? He is within, with two right reverend fathers divinely bent to meditation. And in no worldly suits would he be drawn to move him from this holy exercise. Return, good Catesby, to the gracious Duke. Tell him, myself, the mayor and alderman, in deep design, in matter of great moment, are come to have some conference with his grace. I'll signify so much unto him straight. Aha, my lords. This prince is not an Edward. He is not lolling on a lewd lovebed, but on his knees at meditation. Happy were England, would this virtuous prince take on his graces the sovereignty thereof. God, defend his grace should say us nay. I fear he will. Now, Catesby, what says his grace? He wonders to what end you have assembled such troops of citizens to come to him. He fears, my lord, you mean no good to him. By heaven, we come to him in perfect love. And so once more, return and tell his grace. When holy and devout religious men are at their beads, tis much to draw them thence, 
So sweet is zealous contemplation. See, where is Grace Neal's between two clergymen? And see, a book of prayer in his hand. Famous Plantagenet, most gracious prince, lend favorable ears to our requests and pardon us the interruption of thy devotion and right Christian zeal. I do suspect that I have done some offense which seems disgracious in the city's eye. We heartily solicit your gracious self to take on you the charge and kingly government of this, your land, your right of birth, your empery, your own. God be thanked, there is no need of me. The royal tree hath left us royal fruit. The dear prince safely in the tower stowed, who will bring us all happiness by his reign. On him I lay that you would lay on me. You say that Edward is your brother's son. Mm. So say we too. But not by Edward's wife. For first, he was contract to Lady Bonner. This Elizabeth, a poor widow, seduced the pitch and height of his degree to base declension and loathed bigamy. By her, in his unlawful bed, he got this little Edward, whom we call a prince. Then good, my lord, take to your royal self this proffered benefit of dignity. Do, my good lord, your citizens entreat you. Alas, why would you heap this care on me? I am unfit for state and majesty. I cannot, and I will not yield to you. If you refuse it, as well we know your tenderness of heart and gentle kind effeminate remorse, yet no, your brother's son shall never reign our king, but we will plant some other in the throne to the disgrace and downfall of this, your house. And with this resolution, here we leave you. Come, citizens. Zooms, I'll entreat no more. Oh, do not swear, my lord of Buckingham. Call him again, sweet prince. Accept their suit. If you deny them, all the land will rue it. But you entreat me to a world of cares. Call him again. Lord Buckingham. I am not made of stone. My cousin of Buckingham and sage grave men. If you do buckle fortune on my back, I must have patience to endure the load. But God doth know, and you may partly see, how far I am from the desire of this. God bless your grace. We see it and will say it. And in saying so, you do but say the truth. Then I salute you with this royal title. Long live Richard, England's worthy king. Long live Richard, England's worthy king. Tomorrow, may it please you to be crowned? Even when you please, for you will have it so.
And so, most joyfully, we take our leave. And I will to my holy work again. Farewell, my cousin. Farewell, gentle friends. is here. God give your graces both a happy and a joyful time of day. As much to you, good sister. What make you here? As I guess, upon the light devotion as yourself, to gratulate the gentle princes here. Well, kind sister, thanks. We'll enter all together. Master Lieutenant. Pray you by your leave. How doth the prince and my young son of York? Right well, dear madam. By your patience, I may not suffer you to visit them. The king has strictly charged the contrary. The king? Who's that? I mean the Lord Protector. The Lord protect him from that kingly title. I am their mother. Who shall bar me from them? I am their father's mother. I will see them. Their aunt, I am, in law, in love, their mother. And bring me to their sights. Uh, no, madam. No, I may not leave it so. I am bound by oath, and therefore pardon me. Come, madam. You must straight to Westminster, there to be crowned Richard's royal queen. Oh, cut my lace asunder, or else I swoon with this dead-killing news. Spiteful tidings. Oh. Unpleasing news. Oh, ill-dispersing wind of misery. Oh, my accursed wound, the bed of death. A cockatrice hast thou hatched to the world, whose unavoided eye is murderous. Come, madam, come. I, in all haste, am sent. Would to God that the inclusive verge of golden metal that must round my brow were red-hot steel. To sear me to the brains. Anointed let me be with deadly venom. And die ere men can say, God save the queen. Go, go, poor soul. I envy not your glory. Go thou to Richard, and good angels tend thee.
come apart! Cousin of Buckingham. My gracious sovereign. Give me thy hand. assistance as King Richard seated. But shall we wear these glories for a day, or shall they last and we rejoice in them? Still live they, and forever let them last. Young Edward lives. I say I would be king. Why, <laughs> so you are, my thrice-renowned lord. Cousin, I was not one to be so dull. Shall I be plain? I wish the bastards dead, and I would have it suddenly performed. What sayest thou now? Speak suddenly. Your grace may do your pleasure. Say, have I thy consent that they shall die? Give me some little breath, some pause, dear lord, before I positively speak in this. I will resolve you herein presently. Catesby. My lord. Knowest thou not any whom corrupting gold might tempt unto a close exploit of death? I know a discontented gentleman. Gold will no doubt tempt him to anything. What is his name? 
His name, my lord, is Tyrrell. I partly know the man. Have him sent for. The deep, revolving, witty Buckingham. No more shall be the neighbor to my counsels. Hath he so long held out with me untired and stops he now for breath? Well, be it so. How now, Stanley? What's the news? No, my loving lord, that the Earl of Richmond, Henry Tudor, is on the move in France. He comes to claim your crown, has followers, and marches towards the coast. for her keeping close. Look how thou dreamst, I say again. Give out that Anne, my queen, is sick and like to die. For it stands upon me to stop all hopes whose growth may damage me. About it. Tyrrell. James Tyrrell. Hmm. And your most obedient subject. Art thou indeed? Prove me, my gracious lord. Darest thou resolve to kill a friend of mine? So please you, I'd rather kill two enemies. <sighs> Why then thou hast it? Two deep enemies, foes to my unrest. My sweet sleep. Disturbers are they that I would have thee deal upon. Terrell, I mean those bastards in the tower. Let me have open means to come to them, and soon I'll rid you of the fear of them. Say it is done, and I will love thee and prefer thee for it. I will dispatch it straight. My lord, considered in my mind the late request that you did send. Well, let that rest. My lord, I claim the gift my due by promise, the earldom of Hereford. And the movables which you have promised I shall bestow. Stanley, look to your wife. If she convey letters to Richmond, you shall answer it. What says your highness to my just demand? I do remember me. Henry VI did prophesy that Richmond should be king when Richmond was a little peevish boy. A king. Perhaps. 
promise for the earldom. Richmond. When I was last at Exeter, the mayor, in courtesy, showed me the castle. I called it Rushmore, at which name I started. Because a bard of Ireland told me once I should not live long after I saw Richmond. giving vain today. My sovereign-law? Kind Tyrrell, am I happy by thy news? Brackenbury is burying them. Come to me again, Tyrrell, in the morning. Meantime, but think how I may do thee good.
do I know? The Breton Richmond aims at young Elizabeth, my brother's daughter, and by that knot looks proudly at the crown. To her I'll go a jolly, thriving wooer. My lord. Good or bad news that thou comest in so bluntly? Bad, my lord. The Bishop of Ely flies to France to join with Richmond's power there. And Buckingham, backed with the hardy Welshman, takes to the field. And still his power increaseth. Ely with Richmond touches me more near than Buckingham with his rash levied strength. Go, muster men. My counsel is my shield. We must be brief when traitors brave the field. Miseries have crazed my voice, but my woe-wearied tongue is still unmute. Oh, thou, oh God, fly from such gentle lambs and throw them in the entrails of the wolf! Dead life, blind sight, poor mortal living ghost. Rest thy unrest on England's lawful earth, unlawfully made drunk with innocent blood. Thou wouldst as soon afford a grave as thou canst yield a melancholy seat. Oh, who have any cause to mourn but we? thee once, poor shadow, painted queen. Where is thy husband now? Where be thy brother? Where be the thronging troops that followed thee? Decline all this, and see what now thou art. For happy wife, a most distressed widow. For joyful mother, one that wails the name. Oh, thou didst prophesy the time would come that I should wish for thee to help me curse that bottled spider, that foul, bunch-backed toad. I had a husband till a Richard killed him. Thou hast two sons till a Richard killed them. I had a husband, and thou didst kill him. 
I had an Edmund too, and thou didst kill him. Thou hast a Clarence too, and Richard killed him. From forth the kennel of thy womb hath crept a hellhound that doth hunt us all to death. Oh, Harry's wife, triumph not in my woes. God witness I have wept enough for thee. Bear with me. I am hungry for revenge. Clarence, Hastings, Rivers, Grey, and Anne, untimely smothered in their dusky graves. Richard yet lives. Hell's black intelligencer. Cancel his bond of life, dear God. I pray that I may live and say, the dog is dead. Or thou, well skilled in curses, stay a while and teach me how to curse mine enemies. Forbear to sleep the nights and fast the days. Compare dead happiness with living woe. Think that thy babes were sweeter than they were. And he that slew them fouler than he is. Revolving this will teach thee how to curse. My words are dull. Oh, quicken them with thine. Thy woes will make them sharp and pierce like mine. If so, then be not tongue-tied, go with me. And with the breath of bitter words, let's smother my damned son that thy two sweet sons smothered. Mighty sovereign, on the western coast rideth the puissant navy to our shores. Tis thought that Richmond is their admiral, and there they hull, expecting but the aid of Buckingham to welcome them ashore. Some light-footed friend, post to the Duke of Norfolk. Ratcliffe, thyself, or Catesby. Catesby, fly to the Duke. Ratcliffe, come hither. Post to Salisbury, and whence thou come thither? Unmindful villain! Why stares thou here and goest not to the Duke? Tell me what your highness pleasure is. What would you have me deliver to the duke? Bid him straight to levy the greatest strength and power he can make and meet me suddenly at Salisbury. I go. What shall it please you shall I do at Salisbury? Why, what wouldst thou there before I go? Your highness told me I should post before. My mind is changed. Stanley, what's the news with you? Richmond is on the sea. He makes for England. Here to claim the crown. Is the chair empty? Is the sword unswayed? Is the king dead? The empire unpossessed? 
is there alive but we? And who is England's king but great York's heir? Then tell me, what makes he upon the seas? Unless for that, my liege, I cannot guess. Thou wilt revolt and fly to him, I fear. He is thy stepson. No, my good lord. Therefore, mistrust me not. Where is thine army then to beat him back? Are they now upon the western shore, safe conducting the rebels from their ships? No, my good lord, my friends are in the north. Cold friends to me. What do they in the north when they should serve their sovereign in the west? They have not been commanded, mighty king. Pleaseth your majesty to give me leave. I'll muster up my friends and meet your grace where and what time your majesty shall please. Aye, aye. Thou wouldst be gone to join with Richmond, but I'll not trust thee. Most mighty sovereign, you have no cause to hold my friendship doubtful. I never was, nor never will be false. Go then and muster men. But leave behind your son, George Stanley. Look your heart be firm or else his head's assurance is but frail. So deal with him, as I prove true to you. My liege, the Duke of Buckingham is taken. That is the best news. That the Earl of Richmond is with mighty power landed at Milford is colder tidings, yet they must be told. Away! Away! For while we reason here, a royal battle might be won and lost. intercepts me in my expedition. Oh, she that should have intercepted thee by strangling thee in her accursed womb from all the slaughters, wretch, that thou hast done. Tell me, thou villain slave, where are my children? Thou toad, thou toad, where is thy brother Clarence? Where are the gentle rivers, the sweet grey? Where is kind Hastings? A husband and a son thou owest to me. Strike! Strike! Alarm drums! Let not the heavens hear these telltale women! 
<laughs> Strike, I say! Art thou, my son? Aye. I thank God, my father, and yourself. Oh, let me speak. Do then, but I'll not listen. I will be mild and gentle in my words. And brief, good mother, for I am in haste. Art thou so hasty? I have stayed for thee. God knows. In torment and in agony. <clears throat> Thou camest on earth to make the earth my hell. A grievous burden was thy birth to me. Tetchy and wayward was thy infancy. Thy school days frightful, desperate, wild and furious. Thy prime of manhood, daring, bold and venturous. Thy age confirmed, proud, subtle, sly and bloody. More mild, and yet more harmful. Kind in hatred. What comfortable hour canst thou name that ever graced me with thy company? If I be so disgracious in your eye, let me march on and not offend you, madam. Strike up the drum! I prithee, hear me speak. You speak too bitterly. Hear me a word, for I shall never speak to thee again. Either thou wilt die by God's just ordinance, ere from the battle thou return conqueror, or I with grief shall perish and never more behold thy face again. Therefore take with thee my most grievous curse, which in the day of battle tire thee more than all the complete armor that thou wearest. My prayers on the adverse party fight, and there the little souls of Edward's children whisper the spirits of thine enemies and promise them success and victory. Bloody thou art, bloody will be thy end. Shame serves thy life, and doth thy death attend. Though far more cause, yet much less spirit to curse abides in me. I say amen to her. Stay, madam. I must talk a word with you. A daughter called Elizabeth, virtuous and fair, royal and gracious. And must she die for this? Oh, let her live. And I'll corrupt her manners, stain her beauty, so she may live unscarred of bleeding slaughter. I will confess she was not Edward's daughter. Her life is safest only in her birth. And only in that safety died her brothers. You speak as if that I had slain my Cousins. Cousins, indeed. And by their uncle, cousined of comfort, kingdom, kindred, freedom, life. Madam, know that from my soul I love thy daughter and do intend to make her Queen of England. Well, then, who doth thou mean shall be her king? Even he that makes her queen, who else should be? Not thou. Even so, how think you of it? 
How canst thou woo her? That would I learn of you as one that are best acquainted with her humour. What were I best to say? Her father's brother would be her lord, or shall I say her uncle? Or he that slew her brothers and her uncles? Within your daughter's womb I bury them. Where in that nest of spicery they will breed selves of themselves to your recomfiture. Under what title shall I woo for thee that God, the law, my honour and her love can make seem pleasing to her tender years? Say she shall be a high and mighty queen. To wail the title as her mother doth. I swear. What canst thou swear by now? God and fortune, bar me happy hours. Day, yield me not thy light, nor night thy rest. Be opposite all planets of good luck to my proceeding, if with dear heart's love I tender not thy beauteous princely daughter. In her consists my happiness and thine. Without her follows to myself and thee death, desolation, ruin, and decay cannot be avoided but by this. It will not be avoided but by this. Look, what is done cannot be now amended. If I did take the kingdom from your sons to make amends, I'll give it to your daughter. Therefore, dear mother, I must call you so. Be the attorney of my love to her. Plead what I will be, not what I have been. Shall I be tempted of the devil thus? Aye, if the devil tempt you to do good. I go. Write to me very shortly, and you shall understand from me her mind. Bear her my true love's kiss. So farewell. Changing woman. Your Majesty. Majesty. Strike alarm storms. Blunt. Tell Richmond this from me, that in the sty of this most deadly war, my son George Stanley is franked up in hold. If I revolt, off goes young George's head. The fear of that holds off my present aid. So get thee gone. Commend me to thy holy lord. With all say, the queen hath heartily consented that he should espouse Elizabeth, her daughter. But tell me, where is princely Richmond now? At Pembroke in Wales, and towards Bosworth does he bend his power, if by the way they be not fought with all. Well, hide thee to thy lord. I kiss his hand. My letter will resolve him of my mind. Farewell.
Will not King Richard let me speak with him? No, my good lord. Therefore, be patient. This is All Souls Day, Catesby, is it not? It is. Why then, All Souls Day is my body's doomsday. Thus Margaret's curse falls heavy on my neck. When he, quoth she, shall split thy heart with sorrow. Come, Catesby, lead me to the block of shame. Wrong hath but wrong. And blame the due of blame. Lead off, executioner. Son hath made a golden set, and by the bright track of his fiery car gives token of a goodly day tomorrow. Where is Lord Stanley quartered? Do you know? His regiment lies half a mile at least south from the mighty power of the king's camp. Sweet blunt. Make some good means to speak with him and give him from me this most needful note. Upon my life, my lord, I'll undertake it. Good night, good Captain Blunt. Come, gentlemen, let us consult upon tomorrow's business. Into my tent, the dew is raw and cold. I will not sell tonight. Fill me a bowl of wine. My visor easier than it was. Is all my armor laid into my tent? It is, my liege, and all things are in readiness. Fortune and victory sit on thy helm. All comfort that the dark night can afford be to thy person, noble father-in-law. In brief, for so the season bids us be. Prepare thy battle early in the morning. With best advantage, I'll deceive the time and aid thee in this doubtful shock of arms. But on thy side, I may not be too forward. Lest being seen, thy brother, tender George, be executed in his father's sight. Radcliffe, send out a messenger to Stanley's regiment. Bid him bring his power before sun rising, lest his son George fall into the blind cave of eternal night. Oh, thou whose captain I account myself. Look on my forces with a gracious eye. Make us thy ministers of chastisement that we may praise thee in the victory. To thee I do commend my watchful soul.
When I was mortal, my anointed body by thee was punched full of deadly holes. Harry the Sixth bids thee despair and die. to death. Tomorrow in the battle, think on me and fall thy edgeless sword. Despair and die. <laughs> the first was I that helped thee to the crown. The last was I that felt thy tyranny. Dream on. Dream on of bloody deeds and death. Fainting despair. Despairing yield thy breath. Richard. Thy wife. Thy wretched Anne. Thy wife. Had never slept a quiet hour with thee. Now fills thy sleep with perturbations. Tomorrow in the battle. Think on me, despair, and die. Dream on thy cousins, smothered in the tower. Let us be led within thy bosom, Richard, and weigh thee down to ruin, shame, and death. Thy nephew's souls bid thee despair and die. <laughs> Fearful drops stand on my trembling flesh. <sighs> what do I fear? Myself? There's none else by. Is there a murderer here? No. Yes. My conscience hath a thousand several tongues, and every tongue brings in a several tale, and every tale condemns me for a villain. Me. 
mind if I die? No soul will pity me. And wherefore should they? Since I myself find in myself no pity to myself. My lord, your friends are up and buckle on their armor. Catesby, I have dreamed a fearful dream. Will our friends prove all true? No doubt, my lord. Oh, by the Apostle Paul, shudders tonight have struck no terror to the soul of Richard than can the presence of 10,000 soldiers. Slept, my lord. The sweetest sleep and fair bounding dreams that ever entered in a drowsy head. How far into the morning is it? Upon the stroke of four. Then tis time to arm and give direction. Come, Ratcliffe, bustle! Comparison, my horse! I will lead my men forth into the plains! Our swords are law. Remember whom you are to cope with all. A sort of vagabonds, rascals and runaways, a scum of Bretons and base, lucky peasants. Loving countrymen, remember this. If you do swear to put a tyrant down, you sleep in peace, the tyrant being slain. And whom doth lead them but a paltry fellow, long kept in Britain at our brother's cost, a milksop? If you do free your children from the sword, your children's children requited in your age. One who never in his life felt so much cold as our shoes in snow. Let's whip these stragglers I seize again. In the name of God. And all these rights. Shall we let them enjoy our lands? Lie with our wives! Ravage our daughters! Draw your willing swords. <laughs> For if we thrive, the gain of our attempt, the least of you shall share his part thereof. Advance our sadness! Set upon our foes! Sound drums and trumpets, boldly and cheerfully. God and Saint George! Richmond and victory! Let us do it pell mell! If not to heaven, then hand in hand to hell! 
God, and your arms be praised. Victorious friends, the day is ours. The bloody dog is dead. Courageous Richmond. Well hast thou acquitted thee. But tell me, is young George Stanley living? Father! Great God of heaven, say amen to all.
here. This long usurped royalty. Wear it. Enjoy it. And make much of it. Proclaim a pardon to the soldiers fled. That in submission will return to us. And then, as we have taken the sacrament, we will unite the white rose and the red. England hath long been mad and scarred herself. The brother blindly shed the brother's blood. The son, compelled, been butcher to the sire. All this divided York and Lancaster, divided in their dire division. Oh, now, let Richmond and Elizabeth, the true succeeders of each royal house, by God's fair ordinance conjoin together. Now civil wounds are stopped, peace lives again. That she may long live here. God say amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.